still believe in the power of television. TV has some sort of intoxicating power. Your voice, it becomes more potent. Hello and welcome to the interview. I'm Diana Felzone, senior reporter at Mediaite. And I'm Ada McLaughlin, the editor-in-chief of Mediaite. Our guest this week is Eric Bowling. He is the host of The Balance on Newsmax, which airs weeknights at 8 p.m. Eric has had a long career in conservative media, spending much of his time at Fox News as a co-host on The Five. He's been at Newsmax for the last few years, in which time the conservative cable news network has grown its audience as Fox News has faced anger from viewers. Eric is joining us this week from Newsmax's headquarters in Florida to talk about the media industry and the 2024 election. Eric, thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you doing? Aiden, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hi, Diana. Hey. So first off, I want to talk about a recent success. Last week, if I'm not mistaken, your show on Thursday night had its highest ratings ever. How do you feel about that? And what do you think is driving the growth? Well, yeah, Thursday was the highest, my highest rating, but also the highest eight o'clock at Newsmax has ever scored. It was a massive night. And what happened was we had heard Trump was he was going to be arraigned and we weren't sure if he was going to make some comments or not afterwards. And so there was this, this anticipation building up and we had the live shot on the courthouse in Fulton County. And then, you know, we followed the motorcade back and, and sure enough, around 820 or so, Trump did like 90 seconds of comments outside of the plane. You know, Trump Force One, he gets on the plane and leaves. And then we just had, we had Sarah Palin, we had Don Jr. Um, I, I but. I had a pre-tape of uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. that I taped earlier in the day. When the news broke, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to use it or push it off the next day, but I just pushed to have that piece of uh, tape put on the backside after Trump made his, his comments. And we held the number for the whole hour. We did just like insane number for the full hour. So it was, it was, a, it was a big number. The, the, the interesting thing here, Aiden, is that when Tucker got bounced at Fox on April 24th, we jumped up. We were up almost 200%, 150% ballpark. And, you know, we held it. We've held it even after they retooled their lineup. We put Jesse at eight and uh, Handy stayed at nine and Move Gut fell up to 10. Laura, Laura was struggling a little bit. She's having a hard time at, at seven. It doesn't seem to be working. It, in fact, I'm, I'm seeing her actually losing a little bit of ground to Brett Bear at six. And so what that is doing, it's, it's actually giving Newsmax an opportunity for people to say, hey, what else is out there? And they're coming. Unfortunately for me, I've just worked really hard with monologues and put a lot of time into the show and booking. I book like crazy. I have a great booker, a lot of time making those calls myself too. I call, you know, all my, all my old pals, you know, from, from the last 15 years saying, hey, can you come on? We have Megan Kelly on probably two or three times a month. Glenn Beck comes on. O'Reilly, of course, is too big for me right now, so he won't come on. <laughs> but um, you know, the, Carrie Lake, they, they, so, so there's a, a real strong Rolodex that I've developed that I keep, I, I keep tapping into. And then again, my, my uh, monologues, I think, are real strong. I write them uh, in, in conjunction with, this is interesting, one of Tucker's former producers. So when Tucker <laughs> got bounced, Drew Carmichael came over as one of the writers over there. And then I, it's just the voice is perfect and the tone is perfect. Tucker is a libertarian. I'm a libertarian. It, it just, it, it just fell into a, a really good place. One thing that we've seen like cyclically happen 
to Newsmax's benefit is Fox News's viewers getting upset at the network. We had it now famously after the 2020 election when the audience got so outraged by the Arizona call uh, that they boycotted the network. Obviously, we now know after the uh, Dominion case that there was all this panic behind the scenes about viewers fleeing to Newsmax. But Fox rebounded after that, like the ratings came up uh, and were stronger than ever uh, in the aftermath of 2020. Then, as you noted, we had this second exodus of Fox viewers after the Tucker firing. Fox News primetime has rebounded a bit. Fox News in general has rebounded a bit. Do you feel like this time is different? And is this sort of a permanent move away from Fox News to places like Newsmax? I do. I think this one's different in that, well, first of all, when, in 2020, when Fox called Arizona for Biden first, the real hardcore Trump supporters said, why did they have to be first? Why don't they wait? We're not even sure. And they, they left. They came over. I think uh, Greg Kelly at 7 o'clock, I think he hit a million one night. But, but again, he did great. But it didn't last. They kind of very quickly made their way back to Fox News. And within you know a couple of months, they were back in full force. I, I think this is different because a lot of things have changed in Fox, uh, at Fox since then. They've, they've, they've moved... I believe they've moved more towards the center, like it or not. And I, I think a lot of people may like that, but I think they're trying to cast a wider net to get uh, more of a centrist, an independent centrist audience to continue their growth. And what they're doing, I believe, is alienating the core audience. And I think they've done that. And I think this the firing Tucker was, was like, it pissed them off and they left, but it also, I think it drove a lot of people away. So you, you, you rightly point out that they've regained with Jesse and the, the new lineup with Jesse, they've regained, but they haven't regained all. They've, they're still probably four, 500,000 on average in prime time below they where they were when Tucker was there. We've picked up a couple hundred thousand of that. And I think the other, what, what's remaining aren't going to go back to, they're not going to come to us. They're not going to go back to Fox. They're going to go find their news the other way. I mean, cable had been, you know, struggling, you know, I'm being generous here, struggling to keep, to keep a, a status quo. And I think it's actually, you know, cord cutters are moving away from, from cable. It's, it's clear. It's, it's, a, it's a defined number. It's, stat, it's statistics for the last 10, maybe even more, 15 years. And I think that that move made people say, I've, I've had enough. Plus you have things like Paul Ryan on the board of Fox. I, mean, I, I just, this, for me, again, I'm a libertarian, but I'm also a conservative. And I really hate the establishment republic. I just hate that whole group. I don't like the Ryans. I don't like the Romneys. Um, I got to see Carl Rove on Fox, like, you know, ad nauseum every day. And I think there's a conservative audience that doesn't want that anymore. And they realize that Fox is, is going to do that. That's what they're going to do. They're going to cater to the establishment audience. And they're also going to go after a little bit more liberal audience, a little bit more centrist audience. And, and that core, hardcore conservative that's where I land. That's the void I fill. And I think they came over to check out the balance and, you know, knock on wood, they've stayed. And I hope to keep them uh, going forward. And by the way, we're going into a, a massive election season with Trump blowing away the field right now. Fox made their bed with DeSantis early. Now they're trying to figure out who, who they're going to support. I will tell you something, and it, hmm. like me or not, whoever's listening, Fox will jump on the bandwagon to, at, with, with who, who's ever leading. So initially they thought DeSantis was going to be the one. It doesn't look like he's going to be the one. They're still trying to do everything in their power not to jump on the, the, the Trump bandwagon until they have no choice. And then they will be all on board hypocritically on the, on the, Trump, on the Trump train going forward. So 
I think people are seeing through it. Um, I'm not saying that they won't regain an audience, but I don't think it's going to be the the real true hardcore conservative audience that that I've kind of always catered to. Eric, you mentioned about Tucker's firing. What did you make of that when it happened? Did you think that Fox made a big misstep with that? Diana, every single day since May 24th, I look up in the sky and say, I don't know how or why you did that universe, fate, karma, destiny, whatever, but you did it. And I have no idea why, but thank you for doing it. I do not know why in the world they would do something so foolish as to that. There's so many other ways of, of, of doing what they needed to accomplish. If they wanted to smack Tucker and get him back in line, there are ways to do that. I mean, God knows I get a line, I, I line over here and there's next I get, you know, smacked and pushed back in the line, but that's talent management. I, and I, I don't think, I just don't think the management that are there right now are capable of handling someone as powerful as Tucker. Maybe they didn't even realize how, how powerful Tucker's voice was and is, but they're certainly learning now. And, and, and let's also do this though. It may be a financial um, decision that they made. And I'm not talking about the $787 million settlement with, with, uh, with Dominion or small, wherever, with Dominion. I'm talking about advertisers. So the media, pre predominantly the left, leaning media, CNN, MSNBC, uh, New York Times, Washington Post, painted Tucker with this brush of being a, a, like a white nationalist, like some sort of, you know, he, they, he's the replacement theory guy. And yeah, he, he ventured into the things that may be unacceptable to them, but advertisers weren't advertising in prime time for that reason. So maybe they said, you know what, he's great. He's got a big voice, but, um, we're going to lose audience, but maybe we'll make it up in advertising dollars. I don't know the internal on that. Mike, again, cable news companies have two ways of earning uh, income. And one is advertising, which used to be about most of it, if not all of the pie, as uh, sub subscription rates started to rise and as people needed to be more provocative to keep the audience. Advertisers started to go down. So advertising dollars went down, subs went up. And now I think it's probably like somewhere around 60, 70% of the revenue in a Fox or any cable news network comes from subs, not ads. Now, Newsmax, interestingly, has been all ads up until their, their recent negotiations. And, you know, they're involved in making that switch from straight ad to ads plus subs. And there, you know, so there, there's that whole dance going on right now here. You know, now that that Tucker is off of the gigantic Fox platform, he's moved to Twitter X. Uh, what do you make of his new show? I mean, do you think he's going to find steady, stable success there? That's a very well, defined success, Diana. So here, I think he'll find stable, steady, and a shit ton of money. I think that's what, what digital is about. You make a lot of money. I mean, there, I get off. We all get offers. Like anyone with a with a voice gets offers to go digital, and there's money. It's great money. But for me, and I made the choice. I made the choice to go to Newsmax versus a digital platform because I, I still believe in the power of television. TV has some sort of intoxicating power. Your voice, it it, it just it becomes more. Uh, potent when it's broadcast on television versus mm -hmm. digital. I think Tucker is going to make a lot of money. I, in fact, I know uh, Patrick Beck David 
offered him $100 million already, and he turned that down because he'll make more money. But I don't think Tucker will have the, uh, the sway, will have the influence that he had when he had that he had at Fox News. And I think he will say he's loving it. I, Tucker's a great guy. I, I, I don't, I don't want to get you to get me wrong. I think he's going to be extremely successful. But if you define success with mo- money, then that's yes. For me, it was never about, it's still not about money. It's about reach. It's about voices, about uh, having uh, you know, a say in, in, the, in the debate. Um, you know, he'll do 250 years, 260 million views on the, on the Trump interview, but it went away fast, right? And so it's like it, it evaporated really, really fast. Whereas if you say something really provocative, we have the interview I did with Trump three weeks ago. I'm, I'm still, the, the waves that made are still coming back. Trump said, I'm not going to sign the pledge. I'll let you know if I'm going to um, go to the, the debate. This is the week before the debate. I'll let you know next week. It's still coming back. So in this extremely much smaller venue of Newsmax versus Fox or Twitter, where Tucker does 300 million views, that one interview has multiple uh, uh, effect on on the political debate than Tucker's massive interview with Trump. Trump. Do you remember anything Trump said with Tucker other than Jeffrey Epstein? And, And we're deep in the weeds with this stuff. The general right. public doesn't remember any of it already. It, it goes so fast, but there's money in it. I actually wanted to ask you, I always found this fascinating. When Tucker was still at Fox News, you criticized him for his commentary about the Ukraine war. And I think it's a fascinating debate because it's really, it's where the Republican Party has almost divided now. And there's this big faction that I think Tucker represents that is opposed to sending aid to Ukraine to, to, to fight against uh, the Russian invasion. And Tucker, if our, for our listeners, at the time when you were criticizing him, he was sort of oddly deferential to Putin and extremely critical of Zelensky, who was defending, obviously, his country against an unjustified invasion by its neighbor. Why did you speak out against Tucker's coverage of the war Ooh, then? Yeah, really good picking that up, Aiden. Um, all right, let me put it this way. I'm a libertarian. I'm against foreign aid of any kind, with the exception of severe humanitarian crises. And it seemed like that was becoming one. My issue with Tucker at the time was that he was being used by state TV in Russia. The Putin propagandists were using Tucker's sound bites to promote this war on Ukraine. I don't think we should be involved in that at all. I don't think we should send anyone any money at all or defend either side. Russia nor Ukraine, but Tucker was clearly, in my opinion, giving Putin, and again, that's how powerful Tucker's voice was, that Putin was probably getting a lot of uh, strength in his convictions to to attack Ukraine and and continue because of things that Tucker was saying. And my point was, stop, Tucker, you don't want to be on this side of history. Just stay out of it. Now, me personally, against all foreign aid. Me, I'm against supporting any war. I, I can't say that for the rest of the network here, um, and I won't. I'll let them speak for themselves. But in the aftermath, I've spoken to Tucker. I've in contact with Tucker, con- uh, regular contact, and he understands that that was that was what it was about. That's where that's where my issues were. Just don't be one of Putin's pawns right. to support a war that is going to end up killing a lot of people. You know Trump personally. 
just looking at his schedule over the next year, he is not going to have a lot of time to campaign because he's now has you know, four criminal cases that he's facing down. Do you think that he's worried about that, about the fact that he's going to be in trials throughout much of 2024? So I know Trump very well. I've known him forever, uh, 30 years. Before he was even celebrity apprentice, I've known him a long time. He used to, when he was president, he used to call me at home. Like, I'd get the phone call at the White House with zero, 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 you know, whatever. Hey, what do you think of this? Um, I know <laughs> he, I've never seen someone so immune to what you just pointed out, Aiden, right? You're going through court. You're being mugshot. You're being fingerprinted. You're in court. I saw Rudy Giuliani come out of that courthouse, and it was a different Rudy. It was, he, you could see he was shaken by it. Really? I, literally, I had that night. I'm like, tell me, Mr. Mayor, you're, you, you seemed, were you sad? Were you scared? Were you concerned? He said, and I said, what were your emotions? Because that was a Rudy I had probably never seen. He said, you're right. It, it, it was a sad day in America. I saw Trump come out of the same courthouse a few hours later, and it's like another day. He, you know, he's wearing the suit, perfect. You know, he just comes out, he's got that look. He's like, yeah, whatever, you know, get on the plane, go back. He doesn't need to campaign in the traditional way. And what, it, mm. what he does so very well, as we know, he'll do rallies. He'll do a rally in between. I got to go to court tomorrow. What do you think of that? He'll use it to drum up support for the, you know, the way he's being persecuted. And that's, that's the play he'll make. And he's literally running on, on being persecuted and by the way, if they can do it to Trump, they can do it to you, and it's working for him. So I think whatever they're doing, they're they're playing into his into his hand. We had the first Republican debate of the 2024 race last week. Trump was not there, uh, as we all know. He skipped the debate, so it was a debate between what the Trump campaign said, like a bunch of people running for the VP slot. What did you think of the debate? Do you think any of these candidates stand a chance against Trump? <laughs> So I interview all these guys. Chris Christie came on my show the night before the debate. <laughs> Everyone else is locked down. They're not doing anything. Christie came on and we're, we have a laugh. And I look at Christie. You told him he didn't stand a chance, Eric. You said to him I he did. didn't stand a chance. <laughs> I, I, no, well, the, the, Diana, you're right. The first time, like, you don't have a chance. I said, what is it? Are you trying to fill some, fulfill some emotional void in your life? He laughed at me. And he's like, what do you want to say? All right, Trish. Next time, I, I think the night before the debate, I said, I said, Governor, uh, you guys, this is, you guys look like you're all just chairs on the deck, chairs on the Titanic, you're reshuffling between the, between y'all. The ship is still headed for the Trump iceberg, you know, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, when, when I'm president, I have fun with them. I think Ron DeSantis is, is pretty serious and doesn't have a lot of fun with me, but he's pretty serious. He'll come on. He'll call me home directly too. And, and I have a very good relationship with them all. I think DeSantis is the best governor I've, I've ever lived under in a state. He's just, he doesn't seem to be having the it factor right now. Christie has the it factor, but no one likes him. <laughs> RFK too, something's going on there, man. I don't know. He wasn't on that debate stage, but he, there's something. I really like that guy. I really like that guy. I can't figure it out. Anyway, um, to answer your question, the debate was a flop. I'm going to take you to task, Eden. And yeah, Diana. Here we go. <laughs> Someone wrote a headline going, whopping numbers. Whopping. And I, I'm like, whopping. 
It was it was half of what they expected. It was their lowest rated debate. Of course, it was going to be low. Trump wasn't there. But the spin that they put out after that, it was a disaster, unmitigated disaster internally at Fox afterwards. And, and now I have Beth Ailes on the show, my show tonight. We are going to take that apart and talk about how times have changed at Fox since her husband ran the place. Like him or not, the place was a, a, a very tight, successful ship. Now it's, it's literally a rudderless vessel. So that debate was a disaster. If Trump doesn't show up and they do, Fox Business does under 10. Wow. Those are bad, bad numbers for them. In defensive media, I just quickly, as far as the, de the debate ratings go for that, I agree. The 2016 debate, the first Fox News debate had, what, 24 million viewers. Different time for cable news entirely, right? There was, this was eight years before we all had all this cord cutting. And it also was Trump's first debate, which obviously was a massive, massive news event. The reason that we saw that 12.8 number as big was that it, it was far higher than what Fox was expecting for a debate without Trump, who was the oh, main Stop job. it. Stop it. <laughs> but going back to the debate, right, we have a Trump mugshot released within days of the Republican debate was a, a very stark contrast. Does it make you think that any of these other candidates that we just spoke about could be a safer choice? No, no, no. Safer, sure, but no one's going for the safe choice right now. I mean, it looks... You know, barring Trump doing something really insane, and is I guess that's what can I just can I interject on that? What would be really insane at this point for Trump know. to actually do? <laughs> Literally, I, I mean, look at the number of indictments. That's getting insane. involved in historically in, insane. I don't know. I, I I don't know a videotape of of something him doing something unseeming. Right. Well, I, I don't, have that. Would even that do it? Do you think? <laughs> I mean, at this well, point, yeah, it seems I said a video. I didn't say an audio tape. <laughs> I think even <laughs> even grab, grab her by the P didn't. There was an audio tape. Now, if you saw right. him actually doing that, I, I just don't. The guy's Teflon Dom. He, he really right. is. Now, here's the here's the, the rub here is that Trump looks like he's going to be the nominee. I, don't, I mean, you know, someone Drudge yesterday or the other day had Nikki Haley might give him a run. I looked in real clear politics. Header at three point two. I mean, okay, he's he's fifty five and she's three point two. She ain't gonna give him a run. I mean, I, I like her; she's great. But she ain't gonna give him a run. I don't see. And the rub is, can Trump beat a Democrat? And Trump could should be able to beat every Democrat. But when his name is Trump on the ballot, you're gonna get every single human being who who never maybe voted before, who will just come out to vote for whoever's running against Trump. So, in that respect. I, that I don't know. That I don't. I, I will tell you, it's it's he'll be the nominee in my, you know, again, don't forget, let's in 2016 in 15 and 16, I was at Fox. I was on the five. I was hosting mm -hmm. for Hanny Bradley. When he first announced, I was pro Trump. I knew the guy for a long time. I said, we needed something different. We need a businessman. I was getting my teeth kicked in nightly by Gutfeld and Perino. They couldn't stand him. They were brawl. You guys wrote Gutf about it. So the, the, Fox didn't like Trump. Right. Rupert Murdoch, for some reason, well, I guess a New York billionaire didn't want to see another New York billionaire become president because they wanted, <laughs> they would have wanted to do it. Like, like uh, Bloomberg tried to take Trump down too. Um, Fox wasn't on the Trump bandwagon 
Even I think it took a while for Roger Ailes to get on on board too. But no, it was nightly brawls with with Perino and and uh, Gutfeld and and KG and I would take it. But I was the center of their their hate for a long time. So I, I think the same thing is happening now. I think you'll see him come around eventually when he becomes the nominee, and they'll jump on, and everyone will say, "Oh, I love him because I want him on my show." Mm. When he comes on my show, my ratings are like this. I gotta love Trump now. So. Uh, do you think I'm that's the incentive the there? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean, the things that they said about him prior, and then he's the nominee, and then he's the president, and they came around. Okay. All right. You're, how's this? You're, you're more a uh, forgiving man than I am. <laughs> I know. I, I think I know people's hearts. Newsmax viewers, are they into anyone else other than Trump? Are they? So here's the interesting, Diana. Um, I put on, I had Geraldo on too, but, but I put on Chris Christie four times. And they, obviously, Christie and Trump are, are you know, they hate each other. They, they rip each other in, in public. I'll put Christie on and my numbers will explode. Huh. I put RFK Jr. on, my numbers explode. DeSantis, they do okay. The viewer, and, and when I do it, look at my social media. I'll do this little thing. He was on my show tonight. I put it up on, you know, all over the place, Twitter, Instagram, um, all of them. And people light into, I will never watch your show. I'm done with you. You're the worst. I can't believe it. And my numbers, like, go through the roof. <laughs> so, like, there are certain people who are very vocal who, just cannot see anything but Donald Trump. But I think generally the audience here, but the audience generally is open enough to hear and want to see a good debate. I want to see a good discussion. So would they be willing to, yeah, if Trump backed out, that's an interesting question. If Trump backed out, who would they, who would the audience here support? Maybe Ramaswamy, maybe DeSantis, I don't know. I actually have a question, question about Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, who seems to be a particularly polarizing figure. Uh, what's your take on Vivek? Do you think he's full of it? Or do you think that there's good reason that he's found support? Vivek is a very uh, interesting character. So he would come on my show. And then, in fact, at one point I said to Ruddy, I'm like, hey, I, I never take time off. <laughs> this is the other thing. I've taken three days off this year. I rarely take time off. I go to Ruddy, I'm like, you know, if I take a day off or something, you should put the Vivek in the chair to, to, to fill in. <laughs> and he, he kind of looked at me like it never happened. Um, the, the Vivek that's running for president seems a little different than the Vivek that was the guest when he wrote the book, Woke Inc. For me, Vivek, I like him. He's a friend. He'll text me like, hey, what's, you know, um, I, I just, I think Vivek is running to, I guess his best option would be the Trump's VP, but also I think he's running to be in the Trump cabinet is my guess. Is that, mm. that would be the most likely scenario that I, that right. I could see. And, and he's right by Trump. And if Trump becomes the next president, then why not? Why not have someone who support you through all this uh, and take it on the chin um, <laughs> for you? Yeah. You mentioned Geraldo Rivera before, obviously a long time co-host on The Five, recently left Fox News. What do you think of that? And is he coming to Newsmax? Are you trying to get him there? Maybe a panel show? Get him on with you again? Well, let's start with that one. I, there's no way I would know if, if there's any discussion with Geraldo about coming here. He, he's mm -hmm. never mentioned it to me. Uh, 
Roddy hasn't mentioned it. I saw Chris yesterday and that, that wasn't any part of the discussion. Um, would he do well here? I, I don't, he might be too hardcore uh, liberal for here. I right. mean, there aren't a lot of strong liberal voices here. The audience doesn't seem to, but again, Diane, I'll tell you the same thing with Geraldo. I get lit up on social media. How dare you have him? He's a socialist. He's a blah, 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 traitor. He's, it says he likes Trump and stabs him in the back. How dare you? And, then, and literally, I had Geraldo in my C block last week. And rarely, this rare, it's never, we grew in the C, my C block was my highest rated block, which means they tuned in specifically to hear what was going on. And it was, it was a Geraldo interview. I don't know. So the other things, I don't know that he would rate well elsewhere because it really depends on how you interview someone. Like, I don't think Christie rates well on any of the other shows. I, I think when Greta tends to have RFK and these people, it, it doesn't move the meter at all, maybe even in the wrong direction. But when you jostle a little bit, it, it becomes good TV. Um, Geraldo coming here, I haven't, I haven't heard not a single peep of that, but, Got it. but who knows? I think, he's, no, don't forget, Geraldo was part of this group too, but Geraldo, uh, Sean Hannity, Bill Shine, all three very close friends, and, and Bo Deedle, a couple others, but they were very, very close. And Bill Shine's over at News Nation. Um, I could see Geraldo going to News Nation mm, probably more yep. so than coming here. It would make more sense for probably both of them. Right. Uh, Fox News, where you worked, recently settled its lawsuit with Dominion Voting Systems for $787.5 million. Not a small number. Newsmax is also facing a lawsuit from Dominion. You joined Newsmax after that period in question. But I am curious, what did you think of that Fox settlement and the election suits in general? So uh, during the whole, during 2020, I was with Sinclair. Um, mm. I was doing a show that they, we taped in D.C., but they, they put it up on Sunday evenings across their platform. Oh, they owned like 200 local stations and they put it up in various times on, on a Sunday. Um, and I never got involved in the election was stolen rhetoric. I never did. I never said it. I never, you know, it just wasn't in my. Did you just think it was nonsense? I, I think uh, and I'll tell you what I've said straight through and people got mad at me at the, especially Trump world. People got mad at me for not, for not defending their say, the, the point that it was a stolen election. I, I said all elections have funny business going on. It's just, it's just part of the, 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 the fabric of, of American elections is that things happen. I just don't think it was enough to sway any election, and I certainly don't have an opinion on how or what the methods were. I mean, who knows if, if there was ballot box stuffing in neighborhoods. I don't know, but I know to win a presidential election with 150 or 200 million votes, you better, better not be playing around with a couple thousand votes. You right. need to win decisively either right. way. So I never got involved. I'll be honest with you, I, you know, Trump, I, I interviewed Trump seven times when he was president, right? I didn't interview him for probably a year and a half afterwards. And he's never said it, but maybe that's part of the reason why. I don't know. But again, recently we've been, we've been, you know, doing a lot of TV again together. So I, I don't know. I just, it's, it's, Diane, it's not, I don't have an opinion because I don't want to have an opinion. I just, I, 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 I don't think it comes down to a few votes. I think it comes down to a lot of votes, a lot of, a lot of states, a lot of votes. And the winner will, like people, here's a funny thing. Right after the election, Vice called me and said, hey, we want to do an interview with you. I'm like, okay, what? And he's like, yeah, it was this, that, the other thing. We just want to know American politics. And I, I do this interview. And I'm taping it because I, it's Vice, and I know I'm probably 
or someone in Angrata advice. And they come out and the first thing is, is Joe Biden the legitimate president? Like the, just off the top, like is Joe Biden? And I was just looking, I'm like, yeah, he's the president. He's in DC, he's the president. And it was like, that's all they wanted. And then it was like, they, they begrudgingly spent another five or 10 minutes with me, but they just wanted me to say no. They wanted me to say Trump and then they were gonna lace it and I didn't. And so let me just answer your question. I, I don't I don't wanna be involved in any of these lawsuits. I, it's terrible for everyone involved. So I, I, I'm just not even gonna comment on it. But I will tell you, if, if Trump wants to win or Biden wants to win, you better win decisively. Otherwise the same thing, everyone's gonna put, Hillary, Hillary said the same thing when, when Trump beat her. I'm not, I'm not, she didn't concede. She's never conceded. She's, she still says that she didn't legitimately lose the election. So it just sounds like sour grapes. Move on. Talk about how you're going to win the next one. Mm. Speaking of the next one, I want to hear your predictions for the 2024 election. The Republican primary, what's going to happen with the Democrats, who's going to win the general election? I think you'll be down to Trump. DeSantis and one or two others after South Carolina. So you go Iowa caucuses, New Hampshire, then South Carolina. Let's put it this way. A couple of weeks later, after Super Tuesday, you'll have Trump, DeSantis, and whoever raised enough money to stay in it, three or four. Trump wins the nomination. Biden won't make it. Biden won't make it to the election. I just, I've been saying this straight through. He's, his facilities have deteriorated. Um, they are not going to be able to prop him up. I think that I think that's why you're seeing all of a sudden Bernie Sanders going to New Hampshire, um, Gavin Newsom debating DeSantis on Hannity coming up. They won't do it vocally or proudly or loudly, but they are probably trying to be the the one. Assuming uh, Biden doesn't, I don't think he's going to make. I just don't. the man can. He's coughing into his hands, shaking hands with little kids. He doesn't know where he is half the time. I'm not being mean. I'm being a realist. I'm being honest. I mean, this is the guy you want with, with the nuclear codes? No. I mean, he doesn't know where he is. He's calling out dead people. These are common phrases on cable TV, but come on, look at him. Look at him walk. Look at him lay on a, they can barely get him out of a, a, a lounge chair on the beach. That's the president of the United States. Here's a great example. He's 80. Bernie Sanders is 81. He's older than, than Biden. And the guy has his facilities a thousand times more than Biden. In this point, I'd rather have a Bernie Sanders than a Joe Biden. And Bernie's a socialist. But Biden is scary. I think he can make some really bad decisions. He's not mentally there. He's not fit for office. So I think he'll get moved out, um, wanting to spend more time with his family. Dr. Jill will say it. And then I honestly think, I think the biggest threat to, to, to a, a Republican win would be Michelle Obama. I think she, if they do uh, get her to agree to go, I, th I think she beats everybody. All right, Eric Bowling, thanks so much for coming on the interview. I really appreciate it. Good, have, good, good to be here with you. both of you. You guys are awesome. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Interview. Please subscribe to The Interview on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and check out our coverage of our interview with Eric Bowling on Mediaite.com.